hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 977, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com with your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. You can either Google the McCarty Group, that's the M double C A R T Y group.com or call 661-665-SOLD. And those numbers are 661-665-7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And a big good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How was your Halloween? Um, would it be bad to say not enough candy? <laughs> no, not at all. That's my sentiment exactly. I hate to tell you how many pounds I put on. <laughs> my poor kid, I'm like going through it and like, and it's like, I'll take all the chocolate. I like and this one. I like that one. <laughs> Even it was probably, it was probably... Eight forty-five, nine. Uh huh. And he's all okay, I'm ready to go home and all. Nope. Nope. We got to we we get twenty we gotta, more minutes. Got to get more. Got to get more. <laughs> Dad needs another sugar fix. We need more candy. <laughs> it's only once a year. Come on. <laughs> how was it? How was your Halloween then? Well, it was actually kind of quiet. We didn't have nearly as many trick or treaters as uh, we usually do. Um, which was actually kind of a good thing because, you know, more candy for me, hence more pounds, right? You can't return it once it's open. <laughs> no, you cannot. And, of course, after hearing all those uh, ghost stories from Missy last week, uh, <clears throat> I really didn't want to watch any Halloween movies or do anything very spooky. Um, i got to tell you, I actually got chills from her ghost story at BHS. That yeah, that was like stuff. You're like, whoa! Like I was in awe. Just oh my goodness! And you didn't run out of there. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was a very creepy story. So, yeah. but moving on. So, what are we talking about today? Well, no more spooky tales. Halloween's over, so we're moving on. It's back to business for you and I. Um, and you know, every week on the show, we tell listeners to go on social media and. Uh, ask us questions uh, that they want answered on air. And um, a few weeks ago, uh, my team posted on social media um, saying, hey, please submit whatever questions that you want answered. Um, And they would have me attempt to address them on air. Lo and behold, we received a really, a, a huge number of great questions. So I thought, why not take the time to answer them all today? But <clears throat> before we jump into that, I wanted to talk about home prices today. You know, if you're talking to a friend these days or listening to the news 
or reading the paper lately, chances are they're all saying the same thing about real estate. Hmm. So what exactly are they saying? Well, that homes are less affordable today than they have been over the last few years. Okay, well, that's kind of true, though, isn't it? Well, it is. However, that doesn't mean that homes now are unaffordable and that home ownership is out of reach. I mean, in fact, that second statement, that home ownership is out of reach, I think that's completely false. And I think an important distinction needs to be made between the two. Homes are less affordable than they once were, but they're not unaffordable. There is a distinct difference between the two. Hmm. Black Knight, one of, if not the premier provider of data and analytics for the mortgage industry, just released their latest monthly mortgage monitor, which includes a new analysis of the affordability situation. And here's what that report reveals. The monthly payment required to purchase the average-priced home with a 20% down payment, 30-year fixed-rate mortgage, increased by nearly 20% over the first nine months of 2021. That was an amount of $210. So it now requires 21.6% of the median household income to make the monthly mortgage payment on the average home purchase. That means it's the least affordable housing has been since 30-year interest rates rose to nearly 5% back in late 2018. It's kind of hard to believe interest rates were at 5% just yeah. three years ago. Yeah, that's not that long ago. No, and that's it's really not. a lot more. Wow. Okay. Right. Now, additionally, since the Great Recession, home price growth has begun to slow when payment-to-income ratios hit approximately 20.5% or higher. But low inventory levels in recent months have led to record home price growth, even with tightening affordability. Hmm. So their prediction, as well as mine, is that any further rate increases will only exacerbate the affordability issue. So when we analyze this report, it shows that homes are less affordable today than any other time in the past three years. However, in another report released by Black Knight, it was calculated that the percentage of the median household income used to make the monthly mortgage payment on the average home purchase over the last 25 years was 23.6%, or 2.3% higher than we're currently experiencing. So what does this mean exactly? Well, it means that today's payment-to-income ratio is more affordable than the average over the last 25 years. Mm. So when we examine both of these reports together, we can see that today's American households still have the same ability to be homeowners as their parents did over the last 25 years. So millennials who are out there listening to this today and renting don't believe the false narrative that home ownership is out of reach for your generation. Yes, homes are more expensive today than they were for your parents, but your wages are more lucrative than they were for your parents as well. Home ownership is still a possibility, and homes are not unaffordable. Mm, get in now. 
Absolutely. Yes. And, and the thing, too, is rents. They're not going to go down. Oh, my ever, gosh. Ever. If you look at rents versus mortgage payments, it's actually more affordable to <laughs> buy than to rent. That's got to so, be a, a rare thing. It absolutely is. Yeah. So yeah. call me or call your favorite realtor and let's make you a homeowner mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. So many benefits for for buying versus renting. Just tax benefits alone. Absolutely. Yes. I say it all the time. Even if you're a renter, you're making a mortgage payment. <laughs> it's just not yours. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Yes. Stop renting. Bye. Call Lori today. You bet. So mm-hmm. now let's turn to the questions we've received from our listeners. I've given Adelaide a list of all the inquiries we've received. So let's go ahead and jump right in. What's the first question on that list? All right. Well, Lori, the first two questions we have on the list came from a faithful listener. Shout out to Rose McGuire. Yes. The team said she called in while I was on an appointment a couple of weeks ago, and she had a few questions she wanted me to answer on air. So, Rose, thank you so much for being a loyal listener, and thank you for taking the time to call. If anyone else out there has a question in the future, feel free to call our office or reach out on social media. You can even call the station here. Absolutely. So, what can we answer for her, Adelaide? All right. Well, first of all, Rose wanted to know about home title lock insurance. What exactly is it, and is it necessary? You know, this isn't the first time I've received this question. Um, Seems like many radio personalities are endorsing home title lock insurance, and it is marketed as a way to protect the title to your home and essentially, quote-unquote, lock it down to keep it from being stolen. Probably the closest example um, is for you to think about LifeLock and how it's supposed to protect your credit from identity theft by monitoring access to your credit profile. So home title lock insurance does the same thing by monitoring fraudulent access to the title to your home. Hmm. So, okay, this is what I'm thinking about. Here's the question. Lori, what exactly is home title theft? (laughs) Great question. (laughs) So essentially, home title theft, which is also known as deed theft, is the process by which someone fraudulently puts the title to your home in their name. Effectively, a thief steals your identity, then uses it to forge a deed to your property making it look like they are actually the property owners. Mm -hmm. Those who own their property free and clear of a mortgage are probably the most vulnerable to this type of identity theft, and it can manifest itself in several ways. First of all, the thief could refinance the mortgage, cashing out the equity and walking away with the difference. And of course, they're not going to pay a dime towards the new mortgage, meaning you'll face a foreclosure action. But don't fret. Remember, it will be a fraudulent mortgage, so the foreclosure on it is also going to be invalid. Mm -hmm. They also could open a home equity line of credit, also known as a HELOC, in your name. They could then take out the equity on your home and once again fail to make a payment, again blemishing your credit score and your good name. 
if they target an empty home, like unoccupied vacation homes or rental properties, they could, in some rare cases, use the forged deed to sell the home and profit without your knowledge. Hmm. Or they could con seniors, and we see this probably most frequently, or homeowners in a crisis with an offer of refinancing, when in fact the deal is documented as an actual home sale, resulting in the transfer of ownership of the property to the thief. Wow, Grandma, don't sign. Exactly. Don't sign anything. So how does the home title lock insurance really prevent any of this from happening? Well, that's the problem. Unfortunately, this is where home title lock services have actually fallen down. The truth is they can't actually prevent any of this from occurring. I think their name is actually a bit deceiving because they can't actually lock your title. What they can do is they, much like LifeLock, when it comes to credit monitoring, they monitor your deed. They essentially provide a monthly subscription service that promises to alert you if there's anything that affects your home's title, which could indicate the possibility of mortgage fraud. However, it's not really a traditional insurance that offers any type of real protection, and there's likely no legal obligation for them to step in with money to shore up any losses you might have financially if you have to file a claim. Hmm. So then do homeowners need this home title lock insurance? Well, personally, I don't think so. Because when you purchase real estate, you should also be purchasing an owner's policy of title insurance at the same time. That is a policy that actually ensures that you have clear and marketable title to the property that you're purchasing. Hmm. If you've obtained a loan on the property, you will also have obtained a lender's policy of title insurance as well that ensures clear and marketable title for the lender. Now, neither of these types of insurance is going to protect you from subsequent title fraud. However, in the examples I gave you earlier, where a thief refinanced or opened a home equity line of credit or even fraudulently sold someone's property, chances are the lender in those cases or a new buyer was also going to require title insurance, which would have protected against that type of fraudulent activity. Additionally, even though your original title insurance doesn't protect you from subsequent title fraud, you can check mm. on your title for free anytime you'd like. All you need to do is contact the local recorder's office and they can walk you through the process of determining if there have been any encumbrances against your deed. Now, now let me ask you this. So you go into the local recorder's office and you say, I want to check my title. What are things you'd have to look for then? Like Any encumbrances against that deed. Also, and a okay. lot of times that can be done online. Oh, okay. So I'm looking for any any, any liens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Just like, okay, why is there something on here that shouldn't be on here? Okay. Correct. Okay. Okay. Will it show stuff like if someone is trying to sell or refinance? Absolutely. It if will. someone Good. has pulled out an, a loan against your property, 
it will absolutely show up okay. if it's been recorded. Okay. okay. I got gotcha. you. Okay, good. All right. So now along this vein, another piece of advice homeowners should look out for are missing bills, right? When normal bills that you receive on your property start disappearing or changing at random, mm-hmm. honestly, it could mean that your deed status is at risk. If you've noticed you've never received a bill or an automatic withdrawal that normally happens doesn't, you need to contact the the company in question immediately because this could simply be a small clerical error or it could signal that something is amiss. Either way, you could save yourself the headache by following up. Think of it this way. If you miss these bills and something is wrong, you could miss the foreclosure notices that could be coming down the road. Yes, right? you mentioned you mentioned online earlier. Mm-hmm. All, all my banking is pretty much online. Right. So you could go in there, and if you see just something, easy. I'm just like, congratulations, you've paid off your home. You're like, wait a sec. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right? And yeah. so if you're missing the bills, and then something is amiss, and you miss the foreclosure notices, Clearly, that could put you in a world of hurt down the line. Yes, scary to think about. Right? So in trying to look out for consumers, since home title lock insurance can't prevent this type of fraud from occurring, and since homeowners can monitor their title on their own by looking out for red flags, like missing bills or reaching out to the recorder's office for further deed information, from my standpoint, this type of quote unquote insurance really mm. isn't necessary. But you but it's okay to be diligent. Absolutely. Check it out on your own. Yeah, because you don't want that surprise. Absolutely. <laughs> Very good. Great information. So I think this wraps up Rose's first question, Adelaide. Um, so before we get to her second question, let's take a quick break so I can grab a drink of water, okay? <laughs> Wait a sec. Water? What happened to your diet, Dr. Pepper? Hey. I've been telling you there is a shortage out there. I'm having to ration myself so I don't run out. So I'm alternating water, Diet Dr. Pepper, water, Diet Dr. Pepper. Okay. Plus water, it's a healthy op- alternative, right? Very, yeah, very true. So I've, I've got to follow your lead then. Okay. I'll start alternating some water in there too. <laughs> plus my doctor appreciates it, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, and see the McCarty Group success stories. Ranked number eight in North America for Coldwell Banker and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR.
Hey, you confused about real estate? Sean Hannity here, and I can tell you as an active real estate investor, well, just like the stock market, it can go up one day and down the next. Home values and sales, they fluctuate on a dime. Now, even though I bought and sold homes for years all across this great country, one thing I will always do is partner with a sharp real estate agent that truly studies local and national market trends, that knows the real value of homes, and most importantly, knows how to generate demand regardless of the market. And the good news is you have a truly amazing agent right in your backyard. I'm talking about Lori McCarty of Coldwell Banker. She has an amazing team working for her that doesn't miss a single detail. Her system is so bulletproof, well, she can create demand for your home at a deadline that you agree to or she will buy it herself. Now, real estate doesn't have to be frustrating or scary. Call Lori McCarty today at 665-SOLD. That's 665-SOLD. Online, themccartygroup.com. That's themccartygroup.com. Go there and you can start packing. And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And if you're thinking about selling but need to make some renovations first, you'll want to contact Lori to find out about her amazing new program designed to help sellers get their home ready to sell. It's called the McCarty Line of Convenience, or MLOC. This program allows sellers to tap into up to $10,000 for renovations and repairs. There's no interest or fees associated with the MLOC. It's simply paid back at the close of escrow. Call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653 to see if you qualify for this exclusive new program designed to help maximize your selling price. And now if you're just tuning in, Lori is answering our listeners' questions today. And prior to the break, Lori answered a question from Rose McGuire about home title lock insurance. Rose had one more question for Lori, and Rose said she received notices in the mail about a water service line insurance. She had never heard about this before and wondered if homeowners like her should get it. So, Lori, what do you think? Well, Adelaide, I had to do a little research about this question before the show to make sure that I was fully informed before I answered this. You know, I've actually received those same notices in the mail, and I actually tossed them out because... Frankly, I assumed it was kind of a scam. Mm -hmm. I get so much junk mail that, honestly, I don't pay close attention to anything that appears to be spam. Um, but apparently, this insurance is not a scam. Um, but I'm not sure if it's really necessary um, for the majority of homeowners to purchase. The notice or the notices that, that most homeowners are receiving – typically include a statement that reads, this um, letter is to inform you that necessary repairs to the water line that runs between your home and the public utility connection are the responsibility of the homeowner. So after a little research, I found out that this statement is typically true. Water line replacement and repairs from the property line to the home are usually the homeowner's responsibility. The cost for such a repair can range anywhere from four to $6,000, which can be a pretty hefty price yeah. tag, oh, right? Yeah. However, private water lines typically 
don't need to be repaired. The materials used for these water lines typically have a service life of 75 to 100 years. So before considering purchasing this insurance, I think first of all, you want to reach out to your homeowner's insurance to see if this is already covered in your policy. Or if you're really concerned, see if you can add it to your current policy if it's not covered. Considering the lifespan of the water lines, I wouldn't be too worried about purchasing this insurance if you live in a newer area. Keep in mind that the water service line insurance only covers repairs needed due to normal wear and tear, not repairs needed to be made due to an accident or to negligence. Now, obviously, if you live in an older area of town and you can't add this to your insurance policy, then this might be something you want to give much more thought to. Whichever way you decide to go, please make sure you're carefully considering your own individual situation before you make any final decisions. For me, I think I'll skip it for my home. Interesting. Yes. And I'm thinking, can you even check that? How do you even see? You just got to wait till you see a a, a water pulling up on the front lawn? Well, you know, I I think you can have have water line scopes done to see the condition of your your water lines, okay? Mm, okay. But okay. there's a cost associated with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got gotcha. you. Right? So, Isn't there with everything? Everything, everything. But it might not be a bad idea if you live in an older older neighborhood there. So. Right, I agree. And and I, I really believe, Lori, I think I've received those notices. And, of course, I tossed it without really looking at it too closely, though. And Well, <laughs> I, I think that's normal. I think we get so much mail Um it's, it's like I get so many emails that, you know, we're so inundated with information overload that it's it's hard to digest everything. So I appreciate Rose bringing this to the forefront. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, it is good information and yeah, something absolutely. else to think about. That, that hey, I appreciated having to go research it to find out. Um, and hopefully that helps Rose and somebody else and out somebody there. somebody else, absolutely. All right. Okay, well, our next batch of questions came from Instagram users. And the first question, uh-huh. kind of make, <laughs> what exactly do realtors do? <laughs> Besides drive fancy cars, make tons of money. Oh, gosh, if that and, were only yeah. the case, <laughs> I would love nothing more than just to drive around town all day long, make bucketfuls of money. Yeah, it'd be great. Gosh, days, you know, some days it's it's more like, what don't I do, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so seriously, I'm, I'm really glad somebody asked this question because um, I, I think people have a variety of different perceptions about what it is that realtors do, uh, actually do. Um, for, for some people, I think the answer might seem obvious. It's helping our clients buy and sell homes, but there's so much more that goes into it. Um, as a realtor, there really there are so many different hats uh, that we have to wear and there's there's an awful lot that goes into any one real estate transaction. A great realtor has to be able to understand everything in real estate from marketing to home repairs 
to knowing the ins and outs of a contract like the back of their hand um, and so much more. I mean, I could go on and on. <sighs> Frankly, the job is not nearly as glamorous or as easy as shows like uh, Selling Sunset make it seem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if only I could have uh, Heather Ray Young's life, right? That would be awesome. <laughs> um, you know, some days your your skills as a negotiator take center stage, uh, while other days your expertise in the realm of finances is really what your client needs from you. Um, while I think other times uh, it requires you to pull out that honorary PhD <laughs> in psychology that you really don't remember getting um, in order to keep a transaction together. Um, and then, of course, if your contact list of who can get what done isn't longer than Santa's list of, you know, who's naughty and who's nice, <laughs> you might not be the go-to agent in your market. Mm. Um, so when I'm asked what do realtors do, I guess I can't answer for anyone else. Uh, but for me and my team, I, I guess the short answer is we do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically, I guess I, I could really stop right there um, because really that is our motto, uh, that we do whatever it takes. Um, and the context, of course, is that we do whatever it takes to help our clients buy and sell real estate as seamlessly and as stress-free as possible by taking care of as many aspects of the process as we can for them. Just good old-fashioned customer service. Exactly. So what's our next question? All right. So we had an Instagram user ask, I'm thinking of selling my home. What should I do first? Oh, that's a great question. Um... I think many homeowners start creating this long checklist of things that they need to do uh, prior to reaching out to a realtor. And honestly, I I disagree with that. If you're serious about selling your home, I really believe that your first step should be reaching out to an agent. Mm. An experienced realtor can really guide you and instruct you on what you should do prior to selling your home. They can help you get your home ready to put on the market. They can give you tips and tricks for uh, positioning it right, for pricing it. Um, You know, maybe your home is ready to list right now. And if so, that's great. It might just be a matter of figuring out the listing price, signing an agreement, getting professional photos taken, and getting it on the market. Or your home might need a few repairs or improvements prior to its market debut. And that's okay, too. The important thing, I think, is to let an experienced real estate agent determine what those repairs are so you don't waste your time or your money doing the wrong things. Hmm. Bottom line, I really think the first step should be reaching out to an agent. Give them a call. Shoot them an email. Heck, send them a message on Instagram. Yes, that's great advice, too, because I'm thinking like, I'll just go to YouTube. 
see what, what do I need to do? But no, 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 don't. Yeah, there's certain things you do yourself, but this like isn't this. one Call of them. Lori. Yes, yes. And, that, and that's awesome advice, Lori. And we have another question asking for advice, but this person is a buyer and they ask, what advice do you have for the first time home buyer? Well, my advice here would be very similar for a buyer too. Reach out to an agent first. The agent is more than likely going to tell you that you need to get with a lender. Um, and they will typically recommend a top lender for you to use. And why is this important? Well, your agent is going to recommend a lender that they've had a great experience with, someone that they trust in the industry, and someone who's not going to lead you astray. If you're a first-time buyer, you probably don't have a lot of information about the process, or you might have just enough information from the Internet to be dangerous. (laughs) And so you want to talk with someone who's experienced, who's knowledgeable, who Mm. can help guide you through that process. Sitting down with a lender, you can get pre-qualified and find out exactly how much you can afford for a mortgage. Maybe you're not quite ready at this point, and the lender can help guide you on the steps that you need to take to be ready for that first mortgage. Mm. Although the home buying process really starts with the lender and your affordability factor, By meeting with an agent first so that they can recommend a good lender, you also can get a sense of the overall process. Mm. And you can start narrowing down what areas you want to be with, who, you know, what you're looking for, what your must-haves are, what your wants are, so that your agent can get a sense of what those hot buttons are for you as well. Um, Honestly, you have no idea what a headache and a nightmare a real estate transaction can be if you aren't in sync with your agent Mm -hmm. and your lender. Yeah, that's good. And and one thing I think about, too, is just a realtor is going to have a checklist for you. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be things that you didn't think about, like, Oh, yeah, our school's important to you. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even think about we got two kids that are approaching kindergarten. Absolutely. So, so it's, just, it's just nice to have that initial, let's get your needs down first, what you're looking for, too. And one thing I goofed on, I remember a few years back when I bought a house, I was still in an apartment. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got an agent. I got a lender. I'll put in my 30-day notice. <laughs> the 29th day, I'm like, can I stay another month in the apartment? They're like, we've already got someone that's going to take this place. Yeah, so, sorry. So, so that's... <laughs> move, 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 move. Yeah, so <laughs> if I'd had a good agent at the time, I'm sure they'd say like, hold on. Right. Don't rush that. Let's let's let's, let's wait. Let's, yeah, let's let's uh let's stay let's give it yeah. some time. Let's make, make sure, sure you're in contract. Let's make sure everything's <laughs> good with the inspections because far better to pay an extra month worth of rent than mm-hmm. to be homeless or to have to, <laughs> you know, bunk out on mom's couch, right? Yeah, yeah. or sleeping in the car. Or, or sleeping in the it's car like, yeah, or renting like a-, a hotel. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so there's going to be things you don't think about. So get with, them, Correct. get with Lori when you're thinking about buying your first home, any home for that matter, or selling. You bet. All right. All right, hit me with the next question. This is kind of fun. 
This is. I'm having a good time here. Great. And uh, let's see. So now we're switching gears from the previous questions. And this listener asks, can a home depreciate in value? Hmm. Well, unfortunately, yes. Your house can depreciate in value. But wait, don't panic. This doesn't mean that you are necessarily losing money. So let me explain. The house itself, the physical structure that you built or bought, is actually a depreciating asset, just like a car. Okay, okay, now, uh, wait a sec. (laughs) What? (laughs) I know, this isn't something that you're used to hearing. You're used to hearing that real estate is an appreciable asset, right? (laughs) Right, yes. So let me finish, okay? (laughs) Your home will age and fall apart over time unless you are consistently maintaining and improving it, okay? Mm. And the cost of maintenance and repair are expenses. Even when you pay off the mortgage, you will have costs to maintain, insure, and pay taxes on the value of that home. So the bigger the physical house, the more it's going to cost you to keep it up. That's actually a fact, okay? That's, yeah, there's no getting around that too. Right. Okay, now that makes sense, but historically, houses typically go up in value. So how do you explain that? Yes. They can appreciate as long as the region where you live is growing economically and, as I said, you continue to maintain and improve the home. If your region is growing, like we're seeing in Kern County right now and, frankly, throughout the majority of the nation, housing over the long term will roughly increase in price along with wage growth. Mm, Okay, okay. But now if houses depreciate, and cost money to keep up. How come some people have made lots of money on their houses? Well, Does that Adelaide, always happen? <laughs> not always. But what really goes up in value is the land, not necessarily the house you built, but the land and the improvements you make to the home. So some people get lucky with houses and end up owning homes in parts of the country that experience big increases in land value, right? We're not making any more land, right? right? right. That's why the three most important things in buying real estate are location, location, location. (laughs) It's the land that has the potential long-term value, not the physical house. That's why also when you do a major remodel to your home or you improve it by updating it, it adds value to the property because you are improving the value of the property. Mm. So these are the things that help your property continue to appreciate over time. Make sense? That makes sense. Okay. 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 So what's our next question on the list? All right. Well, the next question comes from a Facebook user, and they ask, what is earnest money and how does it work? Earnest money, also known as the good faith deposit, is a deposit that the home buyer provides with the offer or technically within three days of acceptance of the offer. The purpose is to show the seller that the buyer intends to follow through on the home purchase, and it shows that the buyers are serious about buying the home. Think of it as a way for the buyer to show that they have, quote-unquote, skin in the game. Without it, after a contract is signed, 
frankly, the buyer could walk away from the deal without any type of penalty. Hmm. So after the buyer has submitted their offer and the earnest money deposit, these funds are then held in an escrow account until closing, at which time the earnest money deposit is applied to the buyer's down payment and the closing costs. Now, generally, there is a perception by sellers that the larger the earnest money deposit, the more serious or committed the buyers are. But frankly, there aren't any relevant studies that indicate the truth behind that belief. Hmm. Okay? okay? So just because a buyer puts down a $1,000 deposit doesn't really mean that they're any less committed than the buyer that puts down a $10,000 deposit. It may very well be that the buyer who puts down the $1,000 deposit, all of their money is tied up in the equity in their current home. Mm. So until they close escrow on their current home, they just don't have any additional funds to put down a $10,000 deposit. Okay. 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 So, of course, the next logical question might be, well, what happens to the earnest money if a buyer decides to back out of buying a house? right? Mm -hmm. Well, frankly, it depends on the type of loan the buyer is getting, the timing of when the buyer has decided not to proceed with the sale, the reason that the buyer is backing out of the contract, and the way the contract is written. And this is also the point in today's discussion where I'm forced to insert my legal disclaimer. I'm not an attorney, and I cannot give anybody legal advice. There are so many variables in a real estate purchase contract that the various scenarios surrounding the earnest money deposit are endless. So I'm going to give you some general categories under which the earnest money deposit is refundable. So essentially, during any of the contingency periods associated with the contract, the earnest money deposit is refundable. So these would be the investigation periods, like the home inspection, um, the financing contingency, um, getting your loan approved, for example, the appraisal contingency, um, obtaining clear and marketable title to the property, uh, the sale of a contingent property, if you have to sell a home to buy the new home, or finding a replacement property. Many times we see sellers saying, I can't sell this home unless I have a new home to go to. All of those would be contingencies during which time the buyer's earnest money or good faith deposit would be fully refundable. Can I? Let me ask you this then. So the earnest money deposit, does that put you first or do, are there multiple deposits on a property? No, we typically only take one take deposit. One. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. That makes you the front runner. That makes you the contract. The okay. okay. So we do have forms um, for to to submit backup offers, and you can you can generally be a backup buyer um, without having a fully executed backup offer, which means okay. as a backup buyer, you are not obligated. Okay, so you can submit in a multiple offer situation your offer, and the seller can say, 
great, I've accepted an offer, and I'm going to hold your offer as a backup offer in the event something goes wrong, and you as the buyer are not obligated. You can go find another home, and, you know, if 10 days later the seller's agent calls and says, ah, our buyer backed out, we'd love to proceed with you, you'd say, oh, so sad, too bad, (laughs) I've already found another home. Or... You can sign a piece of paper that says, I am the number one backup buyer, and you can then be obligated for a period of time if something happens to buyer number one that and they go away, that you automatically become the first backup buyer. Ah, okay, so, okay. But in that case, if you are the first backup buyer, they still would not take your earnest money deposit until your contract became the actual contract that is accepted. Okay, okay, Okay. good, good. All right. So when it comes to the earnest money deposit, uh, frankly, I I try to make sure that both parties understand that because there are so many variables that affect their ability to retain that deposit— I counsel buyers to act as if they are never getting it refunded, and I tell sellers to act as if they will never see a dime of it, even though they might be entitled to it. Mm. Bottom line, earnest money is there to show that a buyer is serious about purchasing a home. So if you're the buyer, ask yourself, are you truly ready to buy a home before making an offer? Are you willing to potentially surrender this earnest money deposit that you're putting forth? And is the home that you're making an offer on the right one for you? Great questions and great advice, Lori. Thanks. I think this is a great place to take another break. And if you have any questions for me, please feel free to call my office, reach out to me on social media, or you can call the station here with your questions. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back. It's no fun missing out on the home you love or having to settle for something less just because you couldn't sell your own home quickly. I'm Barbara Corcoran. I've worked with thousands of successful real estate agents. Let me help you choose the right agent so this doesn't happen to you. If you're buying or selling in Bakersfield, call Lori McCarty because she offers an immediate cash offer and can help you find great homes before they hit the market. Partner with the right agent. Go to themccartygroup.com and start packing. You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. 
That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at The Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Sunday morning. And this morning, Lori is doing just that and answering questions that our listeners have submitted. And Lori, our next question comes from a Facebook user, and they ask, is it possible to sell your home, purchase a new home, and not rent in between the two? Absolutely. Um, You know, this is a fantastic question and one that we get all the time. I will tell you, in my history of selling real estate, a long history. We've never made anybody homeless. Um, (laughs) But I will tell you, you have to have an experienced agent representing you and you need some coordination. So how is this done exactly? Well, the exact order of events really depends on the market and your situation. So typically, um, we're going to list your home for sale contingent upon finding a replacement home and a concurrent close of escrow. And at the same time, or near there, we're going to put in an offer on the home you're wanting to purchase. Your agent is going to write into the offer that your offer to purchase the property is contingent on you being able to sell your home and a concurrent close of escrow. Assuming that your offer is accepted and your uh, current home that you're living in sells, it's all gonna work out smoothly as long as you have an agent that's going to coordinate (laughs) all of that for you. Of course, that's not always the case, and that is why hiring an experienced agent matters. Absolutely. And so, Lori, our next question came from Instagram, and the user asked, should I sell to the person with the highest offer? Oh, that's a really interesting question, Adelaide, because intuitively that seems to make the most sense, doesn't it? Mm. So typically, sellers think that the highest offer is the best offer, and that may very well be the case. However, there are other factors to consider when you're reviewing offers. So when you have multiple offers like we've been seeing in today's market, you have many other factors than just price to consider when deciding what offer you want to choose. So here are some of the items to consider. Obviously, we have to know the amount that they're offering, so price is important. But is that amount contingent upon the property appraising? So if the buyer is getting a loan, obviously there will be an appraisal. In the event of an appraisal shortfall, is the buyer willing to guarantee the sales price or guarantee an amount above the appraised value? And if so, how much? That's going to be a critical factor. Is the buyer asking for you as the seller to pay for a home warranty? Have they requested any additional property? For example, do they want you to leave behind your patio set or the refrigerator or the washer and dryer? What type of financing are they using? Are they paying cash? That's always a good thing in my mind. No appraisals when you have cash, generally speaking. But don't get trapped because cash buyers can still request an appraisal. And then if the offer is not contingent upon, if it's not marked that it's not contingent upon an appraisal, 
you could still have that appraisal play in, um, come into play mm-hmm. um, with a cash offer. Are they getting an FHA loan, a conventional loan, VA loan? Why does that matter, Lori? Well, with a conventional 20% down um, offer, you may be able to waive the appraisal. And then if they've offered an amount that is above market value, you might not have to worry about, am I going to actually get that price? Do I have to worry about this high offer appraising? Or am I going to be secure in getting that offer price? Okay. Make sense? That does. Okay. Um, what contingencies, if any, have they waived? Have they waived inspections? Again, back to the appraisal. Have they waived that appraisal contingency? Um, have they limited the inspection time frame? So all of these factors play into deciding which offer is the quote-unquote best offer. So although price is generally the number one deciding factor, there are a lot of other factors that should be considered. And my opinion, sellers shouldn't automatically go with the highest offer without closely looking at all the other factors to be considered. Mm -hmm. Some of the other considerations, I think, are, is it a local lender or agent who's familiar with local customs, and who's available to meet the client at the property. There's nothing more frustrating than um, inspections being delayed because the agent is from out of the area and can't meet the uh, inspector at the property. Um, You know, your realtor will help explain these offers and what everything means to you when they present the offers to you. However, ultimately, it's going to be up to you to decide which offer you'll be going with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Looks like we've got one last question here. Okay. And this one also comes from Instagram. And the user asked, how do I find a good real estate agent? Oh, I think this is a perfect final question. I really suggest that Both buyers and sellers interview multiple agents before deciding on who to go with. During the interview, the buyer or seller should ask plenty of questions. Um, You want to get a feel for who this agent is. You want to make sure it's somebody you're comfortable and confident with um, that has your best interest at heart. Typical questions that um, you should ask would be, are you a full-time agent? I mean, trust me, you don't want someone that's juggling a career outside of real estate plus being an agent. Because if an agent has another career and helps you on the side, I think you're going to find that that's exactly how you'll feel, um, that you're their side hustle. You'll have to fit your viewings and questions in around their schedule, not yours. And speed and availability can be vital when it comes time to make an offer or to negotiate. I think you want to ask, does your agent work with buyers or sellers? Many agents work with both, but there are some agents that focus on only sellers or on only buyers. Third, I think it's important to know, do they work with a team? Oftentimes agents, especially established ones, work with a team. Their team 
can help ensure that no details are overlooked and that communication can be timely even if the realtor is meeting with another client or temporarily tied up. If you're selling, you'll want to know what's your marketing plan, right? This is critical. And you want to be careful because the agent you hire and their marketing plan can make all the difference in your final sales price. Make sure you have a broker who is totally informed. They must constantly monitor the multiple listing service. They have to know what properties are going on the market and know the comps in your neighborhood. And that is critical whether you're buying or selling. The agent you hire needs to understand the nuances of the local housing market and also be in tune with the market and any upcoming changes on the horizon. I think you need to ask, how long have you been an agent? I think the rationale for asking this question is fairly obvious. And the most important question, I think, is why should I hire you? And you want to really listen to this answer and see if these are the things you're looking for in an agent. There are many great agents here in Kern County, and I know with a little bit of due diligence, you'll find the one that meshes perfectly with your personality. If you need any assistance, my team or I would be delighted to help you. Just give us a call. All right. Sounds good. And don't just, you know, because I feel like when you call an agent, whether buying or selling, hey, I'm buying a house. When do you want to meet? Let's go look at houses. Right. Remember, you have the opportunity to interview. It's not just an automatic take the first one that you come to. Yes, yes. Do that. Do that interview. That's great, too, because, yeah, you're just so excited about maybe trying to buy a house. You're just like, okay, let's start meeting. And three, you know, three, four, five weeks later, you're like, oh, man, I need a new agent. Right. You don't <laughs> want to be there. Working. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, this has been a great hour. I have really enjoyed this. Um, I hope more people uh, call or message us with questions because I'd love to do this, um, you know, once a month or so. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. I hope everybody learned something today and that for the listeners who submitted questions, we were able to answer them to uh, their satisfaction. Um. By taking the time to shed some light on these various topics uh, by way of answering these questions this morning, hopefully we've provided a little more clarity into the world of real estate today. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Sunday at 8 a.m., just before Sean Hannity, who's coming up next. If by chance you missed an episode of the show or know someone who would enjoy this information, but who is otherwise occupied at this time, no worries. We've got the solution. You can now hear this episode and others wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Kern County Real Estate Review to listen over and over. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a wonderful rest of the day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week.
Hi, Dennis Prager here for Lori McCarty, host of the Kern County Real Estate Review. If you've got questions about real estate, she's got answers. Tune in every Sunday at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR 1560 AM 97.7 FM. Now that's smart.